Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you are about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter, verses 31 through 36. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are the descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits to to sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Uh, I have a blog that I would like to say that I write in, but if you ever were to go to it, you would notice it's been a long time since I've written in. So I hesitate to say I write a blog. I should say I wrote a blog, like so many other people. In it, I wrote about a story uh, that goes something like this. I think it was about the 1920s. The London Times had a question that they put out there, and they invited some of the most prominent writers, scholars, to respond to it. And the question goes like this. What is wrong with the world today? 1920s. What is wrong with the world today? And so they got all these responses back. You know, people, these scholars, these journalists, these uh, great thinkers wrote back, you know, a page, two page, three pages. They said the best answer was two words. Best answer was two words. And it came from somebody named G.K. Chesterton. Anyone know what his two-word answer was? What is wrong with the world today? I am. His answer was simply, I am. I think that says a lot, not just about the time back then, but about the time today. I think if we ask ourselves, What is wrong with the world today? If we are honest with ourselves, I would say two answers. They're both two words. Individually, we could say, I am. Collectively, anyone figure out what we could say? We are. are. Now, how many people really want to say or give the answer, I am or we are? Anybody feel really good about that? We don't, do we? Because if we have to admit or say the words of G.K. Chesterton from over 100 years ago, right? People are still asking the question then, what's wrong with the world today? Has anybody asked that question here lately? Same question. But we don't want to give that answer of I am or we are. Because if we answer that question 
honestly and use those two words, what does that mean? Guilty. We have to change, don't we? We are part of the problem. Right? How many people like to admit that they're part of the problem? We don't like to do that, do we? So instead of admitting we are part of the problem, instead of saying the answer is I am, what would we rather do? You are. They are, they are. You are or they are. And what do we do about ourselves? If we're honest, we lie to ourselves, don't we? We look back at the past and we rearrange it. We misremember it. That's being kind. We misremember it. If we're honest, we lie to ourselves to make our current situation better than what it is so we can justify the lives that we have. That doesn't happen today, does it? I've always said this. I don't know where I heard it from. I wish I was smart enough to come up with it myself. But I'm not. We know that. If the past was as great as you think it was, today wouldn't be as messed up as you think it is. Does that make sense? If the past was as great as you think it was, today wouldn't be as messed up as you think it is. We lie to ourselves about past and blame others about the present. This is why I share that story with you. If you read the gospel lesson today, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him. What was their answer? You've never been slaves. What do you mean free? We've never been slaves. And they're the children. We are the descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What are they misremembering? <laughs> Egypt. They're lying to themselves, aren't they? They've never been slaves. The whole point of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the main thing in it that shapes so much of it is the exodus out of Egypt, being slaves in Egypt. Moses freeing them, them crossing the Red Sea, right? And setting up in a new land. That they didn't save themselves, but they were rescued. That's the whole point of it. And, right, that's, and then it's how do we live together? How do we live in community in this new land. And they are denying the past of what was because they don't want to hear the truth of what currently is. That they are still in some way slaves. There's a movie series, the final one is about to come out in December. Has anybody ever heard of Star Wars? Right? So the ninth final one is about to come out, and they've done all these side movies also. There's Rogue One, uh, one of those side stories um, that leads up to it. <clears throat> and I think, if I remember the plot correct, 
The plot of Rogue One is getting the plans to the Death Star so it can be destroyed in Star Wars A New Hope, which is episode four, even though it's the first one to come out. Beside the point. In the movie, there's a group of people in prison in a cave. One of them is a, I don't want, he's not a Jedi yet. Forget his name, but he continually says, I am, I am the force, the force is with me. I am the force, the force. It's just continual, this uh, a mantra that he repeats to himself, keeps him calm, keeps him content in any situation, right? He's in prison. I can almost hear uh, Paul's words. You know, he's in prison in uh, Philippians. I know what it is to have to plenty. I know what it is to be in want, right? It doesn't, the situation that I find myself in doesn't uh, affect the contentment Overall, it doesn't mean I'm happy, but there's a peace there, right? And then there's another guy, he's a pilot, and he's angry, grumpy, crabby, whatever you want to say, throughout the entire movie. And at one point, they're in this prison, they're in it together, and that pilot who's crabby is just about to lose it, and someone says to him, what's wrong? He's like, I've never been in prison before. I've never been in jail before. I think I've never been in prison before. And the guy who's content says... I think you take your prison with you wherever you go. Anybody do that? Right? Because I think we lie to ourselves, we have this inner turmoil within us. We're trying to live a life that isn't true. And we're conflicted inside. We don't want to say the words, I am, or we are. We'd rather say, you are, or they are. And that just leads to anger. That just leads to crabbiness. Anybody experience that? Right? Here's the truth. So this is, we have confirmation this Sunday. See, I'm going to wrap up the second sermon in there. We have confirmation this Sunday. You're about to affirm the promises made at your baptism all those years ago. It doesn't mean that you understand everything, right? We're not up here giving you a test. Can you answer right correctly or write your faith statement? And let's read it to everybody. So look how all that I've learned, right? I asked the kids, why do you think I don't want you to write your faith statement or read your faith statement to the congregation? Why do you think that's not always a good idea? What are they going to do? Write what you want to hear. They're going to have to lie. Right? Because they're going to have to write what you want to hear. They're going to write what we think we want to hear. As opposed to being honest and say, I'm figuring this stuff out. I don't have all the answers, but I understand the line of tradition that I am in. And the line of the tradition I am in is that I don't have all the answers, but what I know I don't have to do anymore is lie to myself. Because the truth is you are loved. The truth is there is nothing you can do to make yourselves better. There is nothing you can do to make yourself worse. You are loved, period. And our life of faith is trying to figure out what that looks like in our life. It means we can stop lying and acknowledge our past, admit our present, 
and work with God to help create the future that God dreams of. One of my things of Luther that have always been, I heard it early on, and it's, I feel like it's one of those things they tell you early on in seminary about a Lutheran understanding of what Christianity is. And I'm constantly coming to a new revelation of what it is, right? You, you think you get a glimpse of it, and then at some point something else happens, and you get another glimpse of it, and then something else happens, you get another glimpse of it. Does that make sense? Right? Theologian of the cross versus a theologian of glory. <clears throat> theologian of glory, you have everything you do because you, you're living right. God loves you. And you know, how do you know God loves you? Because you're doing all the right things and look at all these things that I have. Things are going well. That's how I know God loves me. Simple theologian of glory. Theologian of the cross calls an evil thing good or a good thing evil. Right? A theologian of the cross calls a thing what it is. It calls a thing what it is. When we get that first part, calls an evil thing good, we lie to ourselves, don't we? Saying, you are, they are, as opposed to, I am, we are. Or calls a good thing evil, right? Suffering, that's got to be bad. There's no hope in that. And yet, God in Christ redeems the world Part of this story, right? God, Christ comes and talking to these people. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Free. Anybody want to breathe a little bit easier? Anybody feel like they have the pressure or the weight of the world on their shoulders, that there's these expectations or responsibilities, or there's this guilt, or, right? Do you know the feeling I'm talking about? You wake up in the middle of the night and your mind starts going. The truth will make you free. It puts things in perspective, in order. What's important? What's not important? How do we love? How do we live? How do we give? Stewardship Sunday, how do we give? I don't just mean the church, right? I hope your giving doesn't just occur here financially. There's a lot of great things going on in the world that we should be supporting with our time, with our energy, with our resources. How do we give? How do we love? How do we be generous? How do we live free? So we're not caught up in this game of comparison, of keeping up with the Joneses, of looking around and seeing the lies that everybody else tells and thinking, oh my gosh, their life is perfect. Why isn't my life like that? If you lie, they are lying also, right? But Christ comes to us with the church. With Christ comes to us in love and through the church, through communion, through baptism, to be able to say and call a thing what it is, to be able to say, I am, and that God does. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. 
Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.